I was making eggs and like the egg just jumped onto the floor. I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is the kind of day it's going to be. Just got to roll with the old egg punches. <laughs> it's like possessed. Your microphone is possessed. Roll with the egg punches. <laughs> Speaking of splooshing. Oh my God. galactic purr of KK's invites you to Space Cat's happy hour. Let your mind relax. We meet in a dimension outside of time. to Space Cats Happy Hour with KK and KK. I am Canadian KK and with me is American KK. Hello. <laughs> Space Cats Happy Hour podcast is found on Anchor FM and wherever podcasts are found. And you can find in our show notes, all of our Instagram accounts and all of the information you'd ever want to know about us. <laughs> and if you're listening to this somewhere where it's possible to give some kind of five-star review or something like that please feel free because it will help people find us we're going to be talking about dark nights of the soul this week (laughs) which uh i think we'll find ways to keep that light but before we get into that to just catch up a little bit about the energies of this past week which for both of us have been hairy as fuck man (laughs) i yep Yep, we were just talking before we hit record how how interesting it has been. So we're, we're recording this on October 15th. Wow. <laughs> hmm. It's been, that's another Full episode. Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Full on Mercury retrograde awesomeness. Cannot communicate to save my goddamn life. October 15th is the date today. So if you've been having a week, <laughs> you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Although... I do think possibly why you and I are having such a week was like we were shot into a cannon because <laughs> we did a deep feminine healing together uh, last Friday that oh, we both kind of like were like, yes, let's do it. And like, mm. I certainly, as the person who was the guide, I didn't think it was like, I was like foolishly not thinking that it was going to have any impact on me because it was, I'd already thought I'd gone through it. Yeah. And it's like this whole guided meditation healing journey. I think I even talked about it uh. before, but anyway, it was very much about 70 earth energy, feminine mm. energy coming online, the body big mother wounds, past life incarnations. Mm. Yeah. All Oof. sorts of stuff, deep, deep survival fears, despair. And yeah, like rolled yep. out of that, like <laughs> dust off the old paws. And then it was like instantly, it was like, okay, bring it. How about another? Absolutely. Wild. What would you say the themes of oh. the hairiness of this week were for you? Okay. As a siren. 
whales by. <laughs> That's a, a nice little mirroring and metaphor of like, fuck, mm-hmm. it's panic time. <laughs> yeah, that healing. Uh, yeah, I know we touched on it in our last podcast episode, but you had done it for yourself. And then this time after we recorded the podcast, you hosted a trial run of the same healing but with two two of us as part of the tour group I don't I can only think of things as tour guides right now because that's how I think of myself in the timeline jumping shit but anyway um so yeah you led this awesome fucking guided meditation of this healing journey for the feminine especially around like the lost planet of Mintaka and Lemuria and how the feminine rage and despair and all that shit (laughs) and it was fucking powerful dude I it was interesting for me because when you were talking about how the purging started it was kind of towards the end of the meditation where all of our feminine aspects had spent it was up to 750 years of the grieving process and we were finally in I think the last 200 I can't remember when the purging happened it was around the 250 collective purging when they came together and purged as a group (laughs) holding each other's hair back it was I love Yeah, I loved that so much because it was, it felt like what we are doing now as we are purging. My body feels like it is purging, for lack of a better word, trauma, because I don't get, you know, it just feels like this burning, but cold fire, kind of like when my nervous system was on fire this past summer and I thought I was going to literally die, but whatever. Uh, It kind of felt like that where my kidney area, my ovary area, it just feels like it's purging this grief and despair and rage that doesn't need to be there any longer, but we needed to hold on to it because we brought it in from this past lifetime so we could heal it during this lifetime. And now we're finally fucking healing it. And so it's leaving my body and it's I don't, it's hard to to talk about this in a quote unquote normal way, because I don't understand how biology really would reflect what I feel like I'm going through energetically. So it might not make sense to people who don't think of things in an energetic way, but energetically I am purging all of this past life shit. And it feels like it's cold fire going through my body, especially the kidney (laughs) and the ovary area. And when you had gotten to the purging part of the story where our feminine aspects had mostly healed a lot of stuff because we were purging, you know, grieving all this stuff. And we were finally purging the goo of the physical manifestation of these rage and despair and all of that stuff. We were purging that physical manifestation of black goo. I saw in my mind's eye myself as just like who I look like now, kind of, but also not really. There's slight differences. And then I also had this blue feminine figure, just totally blue. And she was holding onto me we were holding on to each other and then I think those were the only figures but there was also like a bunch of other feminine figures around us but like it was just the blue person and me sort of kind of in the center of it and like everyone else was sort of like a presence in the background and then we somehow merged into just molecules we were not figures like a human figure or like any sort of solid figure we were just molecules of matter and we vibrated so fast it was just like a like like you're shaking up a bottle of smoothie mix or whatever you're just like going 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 going. (laughs) we were just like vibrating so fast 
dust. And then, so we were blue and white light mixed together. And then these black particles just sort of emerged from us. And that was our purging. Instead of vomit, we were, we were literally the particles of goo had just came out of us and separated like oil and water would separate if you tried to mix them. And and then it looked like that. And then they just kind of disappeared into nothingness. I don't know. They didn't really turn into light. They just kind of disappeared. These black particles of goo. And then a goddamn snake shows up and is just like (laughs) circling around this on the ground, the white and blue that is the two of these figures together. That is me and this blue person. And the snake kind of curls up around the ball of energy that is our molecules. And then there's burst of white light happens. And then it was just me on the beach again, just me as myself. And I was just in this white comfy looking dress, uh, just like in the sun shining on my face. And I just had this pure, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm free. Like I had that smile and expression on my face. And that night I saw infinity, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) Don't worry guys. We're going to come back around to this infinity thing because it kind of ties into my dark night of the soul because it is a thing. But anyway, so that's, and then since this fucking healing, that's when I'm feeling it in my physical body of the, wow, this is a really long story. But anyway, this is what I'm feeling in my kidney and ovary area, especially on the left side, which KK is reminding me is where we hold the trauma of past lifetimes, the mother wounds, the feminine side of the body, you know, that whole energy. And that's partly why I'm feeling it so strongly on this area. Okay. To jump in, because I'm out. only hearing this now and it's exciting me. No, this is wonderful. And I want to talk about it, okay. about the, the blue, because here is one of my theories that as, so it. blue for me is always Pleiadian okay. and Pleiadian has always felt very feminine to me. And the story of Mintaka feels like the Pleiadian story to me. Okay. Now, I don't think Mintaka in the constellation is part of the Pleiades. It's actually on Orion's belt. And when I learned where it's like a star on like Orion's belt. And when I learned that, which was just last week, I was Googling more information. I was like, why does Mintaka planet always feel so Pleiadian to me? And I saw it was on my Orion's belt. I was like, oh no, that's because that was the, the Pleiadian planet that was destroyed and they took it they took it and put it on their belt. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's right. Yeah. It's from anyway, if you have the galactic heritage deck, Lissa Holt, Lissa Royal, like her. Yeah. Lissa Royal Holt. Thank you. Her account of the Pleiades is that they interfered with stuff that was happening in Orion and because they thought they knew better and they thought they should go and do good there out of a desire to help but that's the result of that was losing their planet so for me that's Mintaka's story and I've also heard it described that the Pleiades is like perceived in every dimension as very feminine so that is my little like like personal theory but that That merging of energies because I have a blue galactic little fox guide who now now that I know it's like blue is my Pleiades I'm like oh he's Pleiadian it's like my I think it's my Pleiadian aspect of myself (laughs) and he yeah I was doing a a visual visualization meditation once where I went on a journey with him and he wanted to show me how energies sploosh into each other so like he went to one corner and I went to the other and then we ran at each other and like splooshed and (laughs) What I felt at the time was he was trying to show me like, don't worry, even because I I had, I had some fears about once you're no longer in a physical body, like, what is it like? Is it even fun? And I think he was trying to show me like, no, look, we can do this cool energy 
Yeah. <laughs> oh it's my like god so lovely and so fun like don't worry there's like cool stuff that you get to experience oh, anyway so it made wow. me think of that. that's really beautiful because yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot too lately especially getting more and more of the bigger picture of what I see <coughs> as we're all living our own myths here people so you you what we're yeah. doing now is finding what is true for us and not evangelizing it or shoving it in people's faces or hating them because they don't think our truth is the truth but we're just holding space for everybody to have their own living their own myth so for me <laughs> this is true yeah as far as like how I see what existence is and I've been thinking about how it will be or has been in between lifetimes. So what does it feel like to shed a meat suit? Because that's technically what we consider as humans death, but it's not really death. It's just bye-bye meat suit. This, this lifetime is done. Now we're going to go off on, you know, recap what we did in this lifetime to see what lessons we want to learn in the next lifetime. And what does it feel like to be a part of source and um, just take on a new meat suit. And so this is, it's interesting that you were shown how, how to sploosh together. That is because that's kind of how it, how I imagined it feeling. And I'm glad you had that visualization and that feeling because it's, it's helping me fill in some of my map, my mental map of what this all is. What is anything? It was really nice. And as you just said, like that has been a huge theme coming through. I feel like in the broader collective, I'm hearing people talk about it more like this idea, like, you know, one person's download is not for everyone. Yes. Um, and KK and I were having a talk with another person uh, last week about human design and it human design has, has not really grabbed me so far, but it's finally been grabbing me. And for the specific reason that I think it's very helpful for figuring out, oh, this approach works for me and this one doesn't and like yes. really getting out of that view of like well if somebody if I hear somebody say like oh well this is how you you know like this is how reincarnation works or this is how this and it's like that's yeah. not for me that doesn't mean that they're wrong it's just like yes. oh that's not that's literally not how I do things or how I perceive things or my relationship to consciousness yeah exactly exactly and that's the the cool thing about this that we're kind of getting that bigger picture on is that when you hear things like oh we're all one being or whatever. And, and this is what I have started to grapple with. It's not really a struggle. It's not like a bad thing, but I've been trying to figure out how I feel about all of this stuff. And so if we're all one being, we're all one big ball of consciousness, uh, it, it makes sense that there are multiple truths that are literally all true because everything is an aspect of this one consciousness and it can all exist together in that paradox of everything is true no matter how different it is from someone else's truth anyway I've been thinking about that a lot well for me the so it played out the way that that healing kind of manifested yes. was like a million ways first of all physically I was feeling like absolute garbage and I got <laughs> a, a migraine for the first time in a million years because I had overbooked my week and it was like nope you're not going to overbook yourself you're not going back I'm on sorry, the hamster man. wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then also, oh, so many instances where I had to get angry mm. and assert my boundaries as a way of asserting my boundaries and trusting myself. It was like, oh, you thought you were working on codependence and you, you know, shed some layers of people pleasing. Well, oh. get ready <laughs> because it's like my landlord. I had a healing session with somebody that went off the 
fucking rails. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I actually just did a, a video on Instagram about panic attacks because I had, a, I ended up having a panic attack during the session because it was not feeling oh. good, but it was just taking me so long because I'm so used to being so receptive in these types of ses- sessions and like placing that trust, but also authority in the healer or therapeutic person. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I just started disassociating, shutting down. And then eventually my thing with panic attacks, which I find extremely humiliating where I like break mm-hmm. down crying and mm-hmm. can't really talk anymore. And it's Same. luckily my therapist a long time ago told me panic attacks in women, especially are often just like repressed rage and anger. So oh. having that little key in my head, I was able to like do something that was very hard for me where I, in the moment I was like, wait, no. <laughs> the reason I'm crying is because I wanted to express a boundary and I wasn't feeling hurt you know like I had to keep pushing through it anyway it was very messy and wow I'm just glad it's behind me (laughs) but it was like thing after thing of that you better get ready to get comfortable Mm. using anger as a way to set and maintain boundaries this is interesting that you're bringing up the boundary thing. I remember the landlord thing, but that's interesting that it kind of lasted all week for you. <laughs> Cause I had a moment at work where I had to at least bring up a boundary. I, I don't really have a lot of power at work. I'm just an admin. It's not, you know, I'm not the boss of anything or whatever, but I was, it was just one of those days. Again, this whole week has just been kind of rough in general. So I was already kind of over everyone's shit, including my own and just feeling kind of that old this like a little edge of that old nausea that I was feeling over the summer and just oh boy anyway so I was kind of in that state and then my boss and I were having a meeting I can't remember what about something it doesn't fucking matter but anyway the point of the meeting was um she was bringing up the fact that we could maybe take over a certain task that technically belonged to a different department and I was like can I just say that this is exactly what keeps happening to the HR department you offer oh. to take on other department stuff because you feel like you need to help them out and it comes from a really good place. And I I know that we all really care about each other at work and we you know want to help each other out and all this stuff, but that's how we got stuck doing this other thing that we kept complaining about all of last year because it was technically someone else's job and we took it on because we had technically more people. And I was like, let me just, I'm not saying I don't want to do it. I'm just saying, can we think about how this might not be a great fucking idea. I didn't say it quite like that, but I was definitely pretty strong in bringing up something that normally I would just be way too fucking afraid to say because I don't want conflict. I don't want people to think I don't want to get fired because I don't want to do my job or something like that. Like I just have all these fears around putting any kind of boundaries up at all. And so I'm always like, sure, that's fine. Sure, that's fine. And I was like, no. And she, I could feel the energy. (laughs) I could feel the energy shift. She was writing something down, but I could, it was kind of in that way where you write something down because you literally don't know what else to do. And you're like, let me just pretend I'm writing something down. It felt like that because she was not expecting me to say, you know, she's a lovely person and I'm not, it was not a fight. It was, it was just like a, oh, I don't know why you're, you know, putting up this, I don't know why you're being, it, it felt aggressive to her probably because I've never done this before, but it wasn't aggressive. I was just, can we fucking think about this? And she was like, okay. She took a minute to her credit. She was like, okay, I will, let me think about this. I, I, I still want to help out this other person, but, but I will, I will think about it. And I, that is a thing for me. And it sounds pretty small. I know you don't think it's small, but, no. but in the grand scheme of things, I know it sounds pretty small as far as like what a boundary is is. But for me last year, 
I never ever would have said that. And if I had tried to say it, I would have stammered and like had a panic attack and like not gotten the words out and just in general been like, well, I mean, (laughs) and just been like that a whole big mess. And then of course, afterwards worried that I would be fired because I had brought up something that wasn't acceptable. And then when I was getting my hair cut today, my hair stylist person, she told me of a similar story about how she had to draw a boundary with one of her clients. And she was like, I can't believe I was able to do that. (laughs) Right. And so I think that kind of moves us into talking about these energies, not that we're not already talking about them, but this is a huge thing. So if anyone listening to this has had a shitty week or, you know, boundary issues have come up or any of that stuff, this is what the collective is dealing with. This is part of Chiron and Aries showing us how we're codependent Mm. and how we give Mm -hmm. our power away and how we need to stand in our own power. Codependency doesn't necessarily mean like a weird romantic relationship that you're just, you know, you can't live with each other for this reason or that codependency is literally someone telling you why are you crying there's no reason to cry well fuck you yes there is a reason to cry if I'm fucking sad I get to cry like that kind of shit that seems small but it builds up into the society that we have now where we look to other people to tell us how to live our lives how to feel who we are how we experience things and we're learning with this Chiron and Aries no I am my answer. No one has my answers outside of me. And so this is part of the boundary setting is, nope, we get to use our rage. We get to use whatever, and we, and we get to do it in healthy ways, but all of these things are coming to the surface and who boy, is it a, is it a ride guys? Is it a ride? <laughs> For me, it was even to the codependency with my own higher self mm. slash guides, this mm. therapist, it was like a spiritual person. So she, so a lot of it was, it, it brought up all these things of like really trusting myself. Cause I have this fear inside that if I completely trust myself, I'm going to end up with my head so far up my ass and I won't be open to like input from other people and I'll be mm. missing all sorts of important information. And it actually, I have the opposite problem, which is that I will trust everyone else's opinion of me and my actions before I trust my own. Damn. <laughs> so it was, so I was getting so scared after this is my little thing that I do after, after I had that session with her and I was like, no. And then I was like going over it, not as much as I know, not ruminating to the extent that I normally would, but like still being like, but what if she's right about this? And what if she's right? And then last night I started to spiral out about another thing. And I ended up getting really angry (laughs) this morning at my guides and my higher self for giving me some input that I was like, no, that's too overstimulating. I'm very overstimulated right now. And like, they apologized to me. They sent me an apology oh. song. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. My. anyway, it was very affirming. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I didn't know my heart self would apologize to me. But I think that's what they wanted was for me to be like, no, like stop looking to them for all the answers. Yeah. And then like getting freaked out if they tell me something that's way too much too soon, you know? Interesting. This <laughs> it's is just be like, no, you look to yourself for the answers. Wow. This is actually fucking, this is tying into something I've been struggling with for myself that I thought 
I was just because of this awakening stuff. And when I first started being able to hear my guides and all the things, I was so fucking excited because I was like, yes, I finally have guidance and I'll know what to do at every moment and like all the things. And that was cool for a couple months. And then for all of a sudden, I felt like I couldn't really hear anything anymore or like I was getting Mm. conflicting answers. And I was like, am I just fucking talking to myself? What is happening? And then I've just kind of, I reached a point where I was like, you know what? I can't, I, I don't want to talk to them. I mean, I do want to talk to them. I desperately do, but I don't trust myself. So I just stopped trying to channel or I I stopped going into the Akashic records. I I'm clearly doing something wrong. I am inferior, you know, all the self-doubt bullshit that comes up. And I spent months, particularly over the summer. And when I first moved into this new place and all this stuff, I've spent months just knowing they're there, knowing I'm loved and supported and guided. Like I, I'm, I don't feel alone, but I was definitely not talking to anyone. And then I, I guess after our healing session, after you did the healing portal for me, I was like, fuck, I'm going to open the records again, just to fucking see I threw a fit the last time I was in there. Might as well see if they still love me, even though I know they still love me, whatever, but (laughs) I opened the records and it was the weirdest shit because I couldn't really hear them the same way. It was like I was hearing my own voice when before, when I was in the records, I could definitely tell tell there was like a, a different energetic, like I knew those words were coming from not me, but something else. Again, I didn't let myself panic because that was my first instinct was to be like, oh, fuck, I'm not in the records. They kicked me out. Like I'm not in it, but I knew I was in the records. It was just my programming, just the self-doubt and all the, all the dumb bullshit. And so I was like, did I need to, I think what my journey was supposed to be was to really Because in those months where I didn't channel and I didn't go into the records and I didn't do anything and I was literally only listening to myself, I got so much more confidence in myself and like, okay, maybe I can't channel, but at least I know what I feel is true and at least I can navigate my life. And when I get an insight about, okay, let's start a podcast with KK, I knew it felt right in my body without having to ask, oh, should I do this? You know, because I really wanted to ask. I mean, it's cool to talk to higher beings, you know, it's it's fucking fun and your higher self is always there. Anyway, and so I think I was supposed to be, and I still haven't gotten to that completeness of, you know, I haven't really started channeling again all that much or whatever, but I I have a different sense of how I can relate to the guidance because I know it's all me anyway. And so I don't necessarily need to hear a voice or feel the telepathy or any of that stuff. I literally can trust my body because now my body is fully embodied as my higher self anyway. And this is the interesting thing about the separation or what was I? Fuck. I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah. There's like this homesickness that we all feel when we're down here on this earth plane for like the higher realms and going back to the bliss that is the higher dimensions and all of that shit. And we feel this homesickness. And that's why I felt it all my life. I'm like, I'm not from here. I feel like even before I knew I was an alien, I was just still like, I I don't fit in anywhere. And I think that's partly why I moved around so much because I was chasing, where am I going to fucking feel like I'm at home? And I finally realized knowing that like, I can actually trust my body now. I don't feel that homesickness anymore more because, or at least not as much, I am here on this earth, which is exactly where I wanted to fucking be. And the only homesickness was 
feeling disconnected from my higher self. And so now that my higher self is in me, at least way more fucking fully than it ever has been in my entire life. I'm like, oh, I never needed to talk to a higher dimension. I just needed to let her in Mm -hmm. so that I could trust my own body. And that was the homesickness that I'm just not feeling as much anymore because I know that if I'm talking to myself, even if it doesn't feel like it's coming from a guide, it is coming from a guide because it's all fucking me anyway. And so I feel yeah. more stable and grounded and like, oh, I enjoy being in this human meat suit now instead of feeling like it's a burden and it's shitty. Not every, That's- I mean, it's- <laughs> I have my moments of like, goddamn, why do I have to eat? Why do I have to go to the fucking bathroom? Why do I have to fucking do anything to like take care of myself? And you know, all the, I have those, it's not perfect. But it is more fully embodied in me where I'm listening to myself. And I was always kind of upset that I couldn't do that channeling that looks so cool when you do it or when other people do it. I'm like, oh, but I can't channel higher dimensional Pleiadians or whatever. I'll get there. You know, it's But first, what I needed to do for myself, my journey was to get in touch with my body and my instincts and let myself come into my body more fully. That's what I was trying to say with that. I don't really know where I was going with that or where that started, but it's very interesting what you're describing because it also mirrors. So when we're talking about this new feminine energy, whatever you like to think of it, this cosmic masculine, feminine, however you call them energies, really having this feminine energy come online, which also connects us way more to the earth makes sense to like feel more at peace on earth as well. But I, this, this came through in a session I was doing with someone this week was really interesting because I had heard someone say that once your feminine and masculine energies are integrated, you no longer feel alone, lonely, Mm. which is very much like Mm. another way of saying like, that's when your higher self is in you and you're like, Mm -hmm. you are your higher self embodied. Basically once the feminine energy comes online, it's so it's magnetism is so powerful, which is, is doing right now for people that you don't have to do anything for the masculine. <laughs> you just have to get out of its way yeah. because it is going to just integrate. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to, <laughs> you, yeah, yep. it's just like get out of the way. And then the other thing that I was thinking when you were talking about that was trusting yourself. Yeah, I, we took different journeys mm-hmm. where you came to the trusting yourself and then coming back towards yeah. channeling. Whereas I have always felt since the beginning of my awakening, which was 2019, like this big antenna is always out and I'm constantly Ooh. taking in information. But now- I, it's like time for me to like sit in my own information Mm -hmm. and stop being such an antenna. And for a lot, it became a big part of my identity. Like I would just take in something and then I would have somebody be like, Oh, I think that's for you. And it was fun, but it was also like, you know, (laughs) it was a lot of intake and then having to like discern and all this stuff. And now they're like, no, it just stop taking in so much. So I did something this week where I finally, like I, I unsubscribed from Jess's Patreon, which was huge for me because she's just been this like comforting voice Mm. for so long, but they were like, no, it's not goodbye forever, Jessa, but you need to just be in your own voice and like, stop. having outside voices for a while (laughs) again with the codependency layer by layer this was the week where I was like oh shit if I wasn't doing all this spiritual stuff would I be enjoying my life right now like am I using spirituality as a way to just cope (laughs) (laughs) which it was a great coping Mm. mechanism during the pandemic damn but I don't want my life to be second to the spiritual stuff. So it was like 8 million layers of codependency. Wow. Being shown to me in one week. I was like, oh God. 
that's a rough week. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, no, I wouldn't be happy with like certain things. I'm like, I'm sick of this tiny fucking apartment, Mm. which I have so far tried to be so grateful. Well, I am Mm. grateful for, but like there's grateful. And then there's just like resigning yourself to something forever and never wanting anything better. And I was like, no, I want better than this. And I want this situation with my partner's fucking shoulder Oh, no. to be better than oh. it is he's had he's had a chronic pain injury nerve thing for like over oh. a year and uh yeah Not i like great. hit my wall again I, i've hit my wall a million times but mm. i hit the wall again i was like no yeah <laughs> i want better yeah and the thing is you deserve better and you it's your birthright we're never there's no limit to the things that we can want and and have we just have to get out of our own way and obviously that I want to be a professional ballerina. Is that really good? No, fuck. But like, you know what I mean? Just experiences that, you know, we're allowed to want and we're allowed to have, and we've been trained to limit ourselves. And it's great that we're finally getting to that place where it's like, no, I want this. And it's fucking okay. If I want this, I'm going to get it. <laughs> we just got to well, get out of it. I promised myself I would be able to do a standing backflip one day and I'm turning 40 this year and I've never been able to do a standing backflip, but fuck it. Like, (laughs) aim aim, aim high. (laughs) We're getting, we're getting body upgrades. Our DNA is upgrading our bodies, our crystalline grid, whatever the fuck is going on with that. We're coming online. So, and I've heard people say we'll start living longer and it, it really physical decay is just our spirit's way of putting a time limit on the experience for the lifetime that we want to live here. So if we're getting to a point where we're like, I know I'm a God, it's cool. You know, we can be powerful now. We maybe our (laughs) bodies upgrade to the point where we can just kind of, I don't think we're going to stop aging completely, but I think we might be able to slow it down in, in a way because we're embodying those higher vibrational frequencies that don't I don't know if they just don't decay as fast. I, I don't really know what I'm saying, but I feel like this kind of extends our lifetime period. So maybe we can, and we can choose at this point when we want to trigger that physical death to have a new experience in a new body or whatever. So I'm maybe- getting all sorts of downloads about, or information passed on about aging and not aging. So oh. which I'll talk about on future okay. lives or episodes. Yeah, very much. I, I'm like a hundred percent in the future, you know, mm-hmm. to the to the point where I like, And it's interesting because I think there are people whose paths are very much such that they can just tap into that future energy without a lot of back and forth resistance karmic loops because it's just, I don't know, they didn't come here with that baggage or cleared it already. And then I think sometimes for myself, there's like journeys of acceptance that have to happen too. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been thinking about that because I was like, as soon as I started hearing people be like, yeah, we're not going to age, we're not going to die. I'm like, got it. Yeah. I'm down for that, like reverse aging, (laughs) here I come. Just with how other things have played out, I'm like, oh, I bet there's some fucking journey of acceptance in here for me (laughs) to like go through like on the way to superpowers. And that's the thing, like, honestly, I, even before I realized, maybe before all this awakening shit, I've always loved, I can't do real life stories. I'm always on the the fantasy sci-fi type storyline. I cannot history is great and I love it and I love learning from it. And so I'm not saying I don't ever read nonfiction stuff, but anyway, the point of that was to say that even when I was reading stories about vampires and werewolves and how they lived forever and all this stuff, I was like, do I really want to live forever? And even then I was like, 
part of me thought it was cool. And then I kind of played it out a little bit in my imagination. And I was like, uh, uh, I, there's gotta be an end. Like I need a, I know exactly what I want. I want the thing where you like, Oh, Oh yeah, this wasn't okay. I'll share one. I'll share an interesting insight or whatever download okay. about breath work. So eventually we're going to get to the point where we choose when we want to die and we're going to do it because aging will be different. It'll be radically different, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah, we're not going to want to be incarnating on this earth endlessly. So we're going to want to transition into something else and we're going to use breath work to do it because it's going to help us with that process of just release, releasing our essence from whatever. That makes sense. It really does. The power of breath work that I have discovered over this past year, I am like, there's no way I even have the slightest idea of the bigger picture of this breath work power. Cause already, even in my small, you know, meditations and breath work sessions and all that stuff where I can feel the difference when I am conscious about my breath and the stuff that I can release during breath work sessions, this is powerful shit that I thought, I mean, it feels like magic, honestly. I'm like, how is this an this does not apply the laws of physics or whatever. <laughs> not that I know physics, but whatever. And so even that small taste of, of the breath work, of the power of breath work, that makes total sense that it would have something to do with our reincarnation choices and triggers of shedding meat suits or whatever. Um, that's very interesting. And again, that could be like some, some of us will do it some, that way. Yeah. Others will have other yeah. ways to do it. But that was one that came and I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Oh, also it was, was just about death. You know, the ego gets freaked out by death, but I think also the body gets freaked out by death. Oh, yeah. And that, that, that's what creates the constriction. Like if somebody is very ill, but still hanging on when maybe they're like, yeah, I don't want to be hanging on anymore. It's like mm. that constriction of the ego and the body, which is just like, ah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. So the breath work helps that the, feels, everything relax. That, that really rings... Man, what a philosophical, I, somebody, I was reading something, it was like philosophy is just preparing for death or something like that. I, I forget <laughs> yeah. how it was exactly, but it's, we philosophize all of these things to, you know, find meaning in life and then prepare, you know, what is it like? I, I fucking love all this stuff. You know what That's I was thinking cool. last night though? I was like, it's wild that death trips us out to the point that it does. And I know a lot of it is mm-hmm. because we're so cut off from the information from the other side, which is more naturally would come through more easily and we wouldn't be so cut off. But like we go through such wild radical changes in the first 20 years of our life. Like we are a baby and then we are <laughs> is, like we are built for constant ludicrous transformation to go from being a yeah. little tiny goober baby. <laughs> <laughs> to like <laughs> yeah like a like an adolescent oh. child adolescent and then like grown adult and then all the things that happen throughout right. adulthood that are pregnancy childbirth yeah all sorts of shit externally relations becoming a parent or shifts mm-hmm. big shifts and stuff it's like we're always yep going we are built for change we are yep. built to do trippy shit yep <laughs> that's ex- oh man i love that and i again even before this awakening thing I would think about death a lot. And granted, I was pretty morbid. Mm, I was a pretty morbid being as I was growing up and not in a, I mean, yes, sometimes in that typical, why am I alive way, but also just in a very curious way. Like what is, 
death. Why? And I would explore it in my own mind. I would never really talk to anyone about this, but, and I finally came to the conclusion. I don't even know how old I was. I don't think I was that old. I maybe my teens, maybe twenties. I fucking don't fucking know. Time doesn't matter, but I was pretty young when I realized I didn't actually fear death. I did have some trepidation around how I would die. Like I didn't want to drown. I didn't want to be tortured to death, you know, like that kind of shit. But I was like, dying doesn't feel scary to me. Even when I was struggling with trying to figure out what happened after death or or what I believed and all that shit, I was like, and so then I would just obviously when I wasn't exploring what, so clearly, okay, I'm not afraid of death. So let's just explore all the ways I don't want to die. And then loop on those, (laughs) like really healthy. I know. (laughs) So yeah. Well, I mean. Some of which you may have experienced if you're looping on them, right? <laughs> this is a thing I am learning and it is very fucking fascinating to me. And it's still like, even though I know death isn't real and that you, the moment of death is, can be scary if you're trying to go through a drowning or whatever, even that's temporary. I, I still definitely have a, I can feel myself constricting when I think about certain ways of dying. I'm like, oh, that's nope. Don't want to, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Breathwork sounds better. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, breathwork sounds chill. I was just going to say the final thing that I wanted to say before yeah. moving on to Dark Nights of the Soul was just about this feminine energy and also the stuff that's coming up to be healed with the feminine energy, deep hopelessness, despair, especially if you think about the lost planet of Mintaka, like having experienced that cataclysm of like the worst loss you can mm. think of. And we're still experiencing it because of the weird way that time works. So it's like those types of feelings, very black hole energy of just being sucked into exhaustion, just like whatever, let's just let it, that kind of stuff is coming up. I find it has been coming up and especially in this Mercury retrograde, I feel revisiting it. Just like, I just don't have the energy. I just, I'm just Mm going to give up because I just don't have the energy. If you're feeling that this is this feminine stuff that's coming up to be healed, to be integrated, to be loved, faced. Mm -hmm. So be very patient. Yeah, with yourself and it's already hitting the collective and it's going to continue hitting the collective in big ways over in the planet so you know we're getting a good head start so that we can feel more centered and peaceful when it's like the shit's the shit's hitting the fan and stuff and keep on hold on to our our optimism which which does come back it's it's so hard when you're in that for me it's the fatigue the fatigue will get me every time. I'm just like, well, just call it a day and take me now because I am too, especially my five. I'm also physically tired. It's yep. nope. There is literally no way out of this pit because I am going yep. to just fall asleep right now. It does pass. And it's been feeling good to like go into that place and then come out a little quicker yeah. each time and a little more lucidly each yeah. time. So take heart if you're feeling it. That's a perfect way. I'm glad you brought that up because one, you had a couple points that I really want to make sure are like soup. Just really pay attention. If you're listening, meet all of this darkness with love. Like Canadian KK said, it is just meet it with love. It, It go into it, have love and compassion for yourself, because that is one of the hardest things I'm finding, and I know a lot of other humans are finding is to have compassion for ourselves because we're so used to having standards, living up to other people's whatever, or like we're letting people down, we're letting ourselves down. Just have compassion for yourself as mo- as best as you can. It's not going to be perfect every day, but just do your best because this is not easy. This is, we signed up for a very hard job. Okay. And 
it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to feel like shit. It's okay to see all this rage and all this despair come up and have that black hole energy of just exhaustion. It's okay. Try and love yourself as best you can and know that you're not alone with the collective that you're in your higher self, even us talking here with you, just, we are sending you love and, and that's, you are surrounded with love at all times. And so this is hard. So be gentle with yourself. And also the other thing that Canadian KK said, we're like waiting for waves of other people to come online. If you're listening to this, you're one of very few people. I mean, yes, more and more of us are awakening, but the masses are, they have no fucking idea what's going on. And so you are really part of a very small percentage of people who are here in this current wave of people coming online so that they can help the wave coming after us and all of that shit. It, it feels like a lot because it is a lot. And you chose this job because you knew you were strong enough to do it. And even though your human self, a lot of times feels like it's not strong enough to do it. You are, it's going to be okay. Hang in there. <laughs> when you were talking about the black sludge purging and the collective part of the feminine healing, it just made me think of, you know, how the bathroom in a bar can be like a really nice place sometimes for like girls and women to like yes. be there for each other and just show yes. Anyway, it's like that kind of, that solidarity is really coming out a lot mm. and lean into that. Yes. solidarity if possible because that's really very helpful in healing as well and I just agree. like yeah that drunk girl who's like no they'll like hold your hair and they'll be like no you are <laughs> like don't listen to anyone you are a wonderful person <laughs> you deserve yes. better than that schmuck <laughs> yes I love that you brought up the bathroom thing though because honestly I feel like especially the the small number of us again I feel like I'm I keep forgetting that there's just a small number of us right now compared to, because right now it feels like that's all I surround myself with are people who are awake and can have these conversations or whatever. Cause I really don't get out much. <laughs> and so I feel like everyone is awake, but really it's not. And so I think that's why a lot of people who are awake are getting calls to build community. And we always hear those same messages, like build the community that you wish you had had as you were waking up. And so lately in some of my meditations or even in my, even if I'm not meditating, if I'm in the shower or just like not letting my programming run of like, oh, I should be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And like shutting down my creativity. When I let my imagination actually run, I get insights about, oh, I I want to actually have a big space for people. Like I've always thought of it as a library, but it doesn't have to be a library. It, it, I just want a space where people can come and when they need it and not like a commune necessarily. I don't, it's just a place you can come if you need it, or it's that space of being with community when you need it as you're awakening. And we're all, I think, supposed to be building these, not necessarily buildings, but at least, I don't know, organizing meetings in the park. If you don't have an actual building you can go to or something like that, where you're just come together, like girl, drunk girls in the bathroom and just support each other. Um, <laughs> and you don't have to be a girl for this. Like, obviously you can be whatever gender, but as you're waking up, just find that community. And I think we're supposed to be those of us who are called to be building communities like that space. And I feel like I'm one of them right now. Cause I've had some downloads about like, oh shit. Yep. I want that. And I want that. And it's going to look like this. And I have no idea how that's actually going to happen, but I'm not going to let myself get bogged down with details. So right now I feel like it's very important to let your imaginations run wild. Do not think about how it's going to happen. Just think about how it feels to have 
whatever it is you're supposed to build, how does it feel to have that already? And then the details will come in, but don't limit yourself like, oh, wait, I can't think about that because I don't have this in place and blah, blah, blah. Just let your imagination run fucking wild because the more you do that, the more your higher self is going to be like, yep, let's bring that in. Let's bring in this person who can build that thing and that person who can build the books. And now you're making me think about another thing I wanted to talk about, the, yes. the feminine energy. The other message that's coming through a lot with this feminine energy is try less, stop trying, stop putting effort. And also, especially like it's in receiving, it's the blocks we have around receiving. So there can be a lot of blocks. This has been coming up for, I guess, the, a lot with women that I've worked with. I'm sure it's applicable to people of all genders. Well, I know that it's applicable to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of yeah. blocks around receiving specifically financial or material abundance and then feeling like you're beholden. So Ugh. I've had people in sessions where I'm like, okay, men literally want to give you some there's like men out there who want to give you money (laughs) but if you're interpreting it as like well then I'm going to have strings attached then I'm going to have to be like in a relationship with this person or I'm going to become dependent on them I'll lose my autonomy and it's like no none of that has to be that way once you just release these like you know mental belief shackles more and more it's like they're just it's, it's going to be on yep. your terms. That feminine energy of attraction is so powerful. And I'm really in the thick of it right now of like trusting it myself. So I understand if that sounds like a bunch of BS, like I understand how challenging it is to feel that deep in the marrow of your bones, mm-hmm. but anything you can do to like work on that, because we have these blocks, or for me, it was like, like a traditional job, like looking for actual work. I was like, well, that's going to be a pile of garbage. But then it's like, well, maybe that's not the type of job that's trying to find you is the pile of garbage, you know, because maybe you've completed your karmic cycles with that kind of baggage and you're ready for the type of job that's actually exactly tailored to your needs, like anything, you know, or like whatever it is, just now is the time to bring down those blockages and just see what happens. And also don't, I know this is hard too, but the message is so strong. It's like, stop worrying about how this is playing out in linear time because that's Mm. completely irrelevant. (laughs) Damn. It's just gonna, it doesn't matter. I am so fucking happy you brought that up because it's helping validate me too. And I think I wanted to bring it up, but I just forgot. So I'm glad that you are here as, as my partner in crime. Okay. So that definitely is a thing I have been getting, I've been working on, especially this year is the trauma really around receiving something without assuming there's strings attached because I'm in my forties. You're almost there. Like we have spent this entire life and all of you, whatever fucking age you are, our society has been like, if somebody gives you something, you owe them something that is not fucking true. And we have been brainwashed into thinking that it is true. And it's not our fault. Like that's the game we were playing out, no judgments, but the abundance you can live in is only limited by your judgments of where that abundance comes from. And I am talking to my goddamn self. I am living in plenty of abundance and it's like not good enough for me because I don't like where it's coming from. I am the one who is holding the judgments. And if I let that go and just live in the goddamn abundance, more will come in. But because I have these blocks (laughs) up around not wanting it to come from this source, I'm blocking out more abundance from coming in. And I'm talking monetary stuff here because, you know, abundance really applies to everything. But when people talk about abundance, it's usually fucking money. And that's what I'm talking about, the financial shit. It's fucking take it. If somebody tries to make you feel like strings are attached, 
that's their goddamn problem. And they can stop giving you money if they feel like they need to have strings. You already got exactly. whatever they took, you know, whatever they gave you. <laughs> Just assume that it's it's coming from a good free place, you know? Yes, because that is how we were meant to exchange everything is give freely without any expectation of attachment or outcome. And if it doesn't feel good to give something without expectation, then don't give it. And then on the other side, receive without all that baggage. Yeah, I know. Easier, way easier said than done. And especially, again, I was just talking to a friend and she was just reminding me, she's like, you sometimes even more than health finance is just like the thing that we get the most snarled. Oh uh, yeah. About oh. it's it's no wonder that it mm-hmm. so many people are hitting walls around this and just feeling like, ugh, why isn't this yep. easier? Why isn't it just flowing the fuck to me already? Yes. Yeah. And um, I think this was a yeah. huge thing for especially this Mercury retrograde for me is revisiting all the progress I thought I'd made on releasing some of that baggage around living in abundance and like willingness oh, to receive yes. more. It, <laughs> I have been on the fucking floor again this past week just like hit yep. with yeah like we triggers. planned a trip together <laughs> I think it was very tricky it was really good for us we're, we're going to San Francisco together in November but it, for both of us it was a, I think a big financial yeah. yeah leap of faith where it was like I was like yay I'm making a leap of faith <laughs> and then two days later I'm like oh good god what was I thinking <laughs> I mean, yeah, this has been, this is a rough one. And again, it's, we know it's easier said than done because we're fucking struggling with it ourselves. So you can know something, you know, intellectually and like in most of your body, but then there's still part of you that's like, ah, fucking panicking. And that is okay. Again, be kind to yourself, which I have, I have actually done okay with this week, been being more kind to myself, I feel like, but it's still a struggle sometimes. Why are you not perfect yet? Dumb ass. Yeah. 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 And those fears, like when you were saying, like, if the person decides to stop giving, it's like those fears. It's okay. Well, I have to, you know, I have to fulfill their expectations because then they'll but then that's the other part of things, which it's like, no, then it's going to flow in from somewhere else and yep. something else is going to come up. If, if, if the channel of abundance gets cut off for whatever fucking reason, the trust in another channel opening up is extremely hard to hold on to. I, yep. it is a huge struggle right now for me. It's not a race linear time. You're right. Is again, yeah, it's the learning. linear time thing that gets me. Cause I'm like, yeah. okay, I did a good job. I was chill and I felt my abundance for like three days after taking this leap. Now, where is the payoff immediately? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me to constantly get the reminder from my guides, like stop focusing so much on the linear time is very important. It's very important. And I think as we, as we are moving into this, I stay tuned for when four episodes from now when KK and I are living in a little yurt <laughs> we're like we've just got whizzed through everything like all of our life's financial savings and we're just like <laughs> I, I honestly am looking forward to that a whole lot just a part of me just really let's do it already and the thing is we're moving into these really fucking psychedelic times that could happen and I wouldn't be surprised like <laughs> just time is weird and that's part of why we feel like our memories are getting messed with like if we're trying to pull a memory up from someone we can't remember if it's like a day ago or 10 years ago or whatever and we're getting that is to get us getting used to 
the, the fact that time is just not fucking linear and we're going to be living on really random timelines just depending yeah. on what fucking day we wake up. I mean, it's <laughs> going to get a little trippy, guys. I mean, it already is, but it's just going to just strap in, okay? Um, just strap in and just kind of the more you can have fun and find joy and just kind of be lighthearted about things especially when random change hits like out of the goddamn blue. I'm not saying we all have to be perfect and like completely just like, okay, sure, whatever the fuck, but take the hits. It's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm going to probably end up on the floor quite a few more times after I have this conversation of being like, just go with the punches. But yeah, the more you can kind of (laughs) not hold on to things and allow them to sort of come and go as, as they do, the easier time you'll have of standing with steady legs in this wave of crazy shit that's hitting us all. And don't beat yourself up. If you, if you fucking fall down, you can get right back up. Don't worry, but it's going to be now having my own podcast and like saying putting these things out into the ether I just have so much more even more love and respect for Jessa for being willing to say that shit yeah. from like two years ago because it's so it's you hard feel like you're talking such shit you know? I know <laughs> you're like oh my god yeah you I mean you clearly and heard that people, pause yeah. Yeah. Me. I was like wait a minute I'm gonna stop with that sentence because I don't know how that sounds and I'm just gonna like not finish that thought I mean I've already seen so many I've seen so many miracles but the other aspect of it is like the ego dissolve ego death stuff where yeah it's like feeling comfortable in that psychedelicness and also in that deeper awareness of your power and how how much your consciousness is creating reality like that also takes its toll that's a big for me personally that's like one of the most the biggest obstacles is, yeah. uh, but I've, I've found with the coming online of the feminine energy that my relationship to the void has really improved because part for me, part of my journey of masculine energy is like the masculine wound perception of the void is of deep, deep loneliness mm. and like separateness and emptiness now. And so I, it was very intolerable for me to go into that nothing because it felt like nothingness it didn't feel like nothingness and everithingness it felt Mm. just like nothingness (laughs) and it felt totally fucking lonely and like awful and now with the feminine energy coming online it's starting to feel a lot more welcoming and just different and I've been like spooning myself out (laughs) a little bit of ego dissolved day by day (laughs) to try to like tolerate it more (laughs) because in the first two years I would like go into the void hard and then it's like yeah that's like days of like suicidality like I'm not my nervous system doesn't want that anymore you know it's not it's like no so yeah I've been just kind of like dropper of the little baby bird yeah building my my tolerance but yeah it feels it feels better it feels less That is exactly, we were kind of talking about that before we hit record, how it's this week has been really fucking rough, but it felt a little bit gentler compared to what we went through a couple months ago when we were literally hanging on by our fingernails. And I, yeah. I, I don't think it was gentler. I think we're stronger, <laughs> but also things are happening faster. So what took months is now taking maybe a week or whatever, because we've got that we've healed enough of it that when we're revisiting something, we're not revisiting as big a chunk because we've healed a huge chunk of it already. So it's going to go faster. <sighs> 
boy and my <laughs> sex drive is coming back online yeah always which is the that fire energy of anger that's also mm. desire yeah you don't want to be blocking the fire energy no. um which i've been doing for a very long time <laughs> me too and it's interesting yeah. because part a very of very good sex dream <laughs> you want to share it was really weird because it was with army hammer and like that whole scandal with him being a cannibal anyway i think it was <laughs> at another this level amazing I think it was at another level, like, because a lot of what I personally do is find the most extreme versions of myself who have gone super deep into polarity Uh and befriend them. That's been a big part of my journey is befriending and welcoming them in. And I have that extreme of my masculine, which like went way into psychopathy. How do you uh, say that word? (laughs) When I was like torture of incarnations where I tortured people in the Middle Ages is very horrific. But yeah, so... I think part of why it was Army Hammer, who if you don't know, anyway, he's like an actor, but then it turned out he had all this big cannibal fetishes. I don't want to like get into it too much. Yeah, we can. But like he was kind of like overstepping a lot with people and not doing cool stuff with his love airs. But yeah, anyway, it was a sex dream with him and it was like extremely fun and consensual. There was no cannibalism, (laughs) but it felt like kind of a nice, like, okay, you know, we've made more peace with that, that part of like the universe himself. (laughs) Wow. And it was a vivid, like when I tell you, I know what the dream version of him, like the texture and the, what exactly what his butt looks like. <laughs> his That's <butt>. amazing. <laughs> you had some detail. God, yeah. I want to be in yeah. your dreams. This was a unique one. And what was also interesting about it was I was able to drift in and out of it and then bring Ooh. myself back often will come out of a sex dream partway through and then it's like ah, I did what right <laughs> but this time I was able to like just keep thinking about it and then go back into the awesome very nice <laughs> yeah. that is nice I will say okay we were okay it was very BDSM we were in a hotel and he called in <laughs> <laughs> to like cancel his day of like whatever and I felt, I found that very affirming. He was like all in. He was like, no, no, no. He's like, I just want to keep having sex. And I was like, that's so nice. <laughs> like that feels good. I mean, honestly, yeah. Somebody should be canceling their day to have sex all day with you. Just continue the fun time. That's actually a really sweet part of the dream. It was quite friendly Validating. is the word that, yeah, just like like pleasant and like yeah, yeah. upbeat <laughs> I haven't had any sex dreams in a while have I same <laughs> I had some trippy sex dreams a while back where it was very much in the past like you know like these different types of dreams where you're like this dream is from my subconscious and this one is like no I'm in the astral space with somebody <laughs> else doing something where it was like these little bleak bloop freaking alien beings and their orifices and their the things they were squirting out of them it was very it was intense I was like okay like some of it was like this is a bit this is pushing on some of my boundaries here but like I think they were also I don't know I think there was like a purpose to them and they were helping me work through some stuff but yeah like blockages around sex and comfort around that yeah huge blockages (laughs) I I have this oh man we were gonna do a whole episode on that and it is or I don't know about a whole episode, but we're definitely going to talk about it at some point. Or... <laughs> whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I'm well, BDSM has just been coming up all over the place lately as 
alchemy, right? I definitely, I'm like, yes. you know, if I have this part of me that's very sadistic, there are nice and fun ways to like, there are good outlets for it as yes. well, right? But I was just going to say my weird take on psychopathy and, and cannibalism, <laughs> which is, again, I, I believe that psychopathy is like ho- holding that energy in the human body of being going so far into the illusion of separateness and like that frequency. It's actually very, just like everything else, very sacred. And so mm-hmm. psychopaths play kind of a sacred role, but it's very also like if you see interviews with a lot of them, like it, it has its intolerable aspects for them as well. Mm-hmm. But I actually was just thinking about cannibalism the other day. And I think it's like the, such the extreme of separateness that they're actually trying to bring yes. themselves back into connection by like yeah. consuming the other. It's like, oh yeah, this is a cannibal apologist <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that was part of expecting to go here? Welcome to Space Cats With Happy my Hour. Symbol of Mezcal. And I'm like, so about cannibalism. It's very sacred. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I feel like that's how I first learned about cannibalism. Well, okay, well, I probably heard really stereotypical Donner Party, whatever the fuck stories first. But when I actually learned that there were cultures that ate people to, in, because they didn't want them to be in the cold ground, they wanted to bring oh. them back into, to honor them in that way or whatever. Whoa. That was part of it. So when you were like, it's the, sometimes it's the opposite polarities of psychopath kind of, you know, that can have its dark, whatever, but also <laughs> it is yes. related to having, to bringing that, that human back into your own essence and we can put all the judgments you want on it guys like it this is we're learning that there is no good or bad there are just perspectives and we're the ones putting judgments on it and that's fine we are allowed to do that we came here to play that game but we are also KK and I in this podcast space going to explore shit like cannibalism doesn't have to be bad. (laughs) We can see where people are coming from is what we're trying to say. And we're not putting judgments on it because to us a few months down the line (laughs) in our yurt with our cannibalist cult that we've started, (laughs) which is definitely not bad because there's no such thing as bad and good. So just get on board. <laughs> just get on board the cannibal train. Guys, we are off the rails and I love every goddamn of this. I love that you brought up the BDSM thing because I, that has been a huge part of helping me. I don't know that it was necessarily part of my awakening, but it kind of coincided with helping me get over a bunch of shit and I think part of the reason I'm here has to do with stuff I've usually had blocks around my entire life. And so I have never been able to watch a sex scene in a movie. I've had trouble reading romance novels. I feel like I turn inside out when I have to watch a sex scene in a movie or a TV show. I can't, Who boy, the discomfort is real. And I know, Same. <laughs> I know now that where that big of a block is in your life that is usually hiding a superpower. I didn't want to believe that at first because I was like, 
go fuck yourself. I will not be doing anything with that. But when I finally thought about it and allowed myself to explore it, because again, this is fucking going into the shadows, shadow play here, people. I, before I learned that blocks were superpowers. So again, before my awakening, I, for some fucking reason, out of the blue, I was like, I need to get over some of these blocks. Like it, it's gotten to the point where it's so uncomfortable. I feel like I can't really live a human life. And so independently, I just was like, what can I do to make myself more comfortable with myself? And I, again, out of the blue, decided to go to a BDSM party. And I did it in in a way where I went to like an introductory, not lecture, but it was like a gathering of like, okay, if you're new to this space, let's just talk about what it is and introduce you to some people who come here regularly and blah, blah, blah. So uh, my timid ass was like bright red face, totally like, why am I here? I cannot believe I'm walking into this building. I I had like like three layers on of clothes. <laughs> not going to fucking get naked. What the fuck? I was so uncomfortable guys. I was so uncomfortable. And I walk into this, they call them dungeon parties because it's fucking funny and it's amazing, but it's not a dungeon. I mean, it can be in a basement, but usually it's just in some fucking building, like a loft or, you know, wherever. And it was just, there was a guy hanging up on some ropes and not wearing a whole lot of clothing. And a girl was just tying them up and teaching how to tie ropes. It was literally just like the clinical version of here's how you tie someone up and lift them into the air and do it safely. And people were just watching and everyone was so fucking comfortable just sitting down watching this naked ass guy hanging by the ceiling. I was just, where, how did I get here? What did I do? And I sat down and this very old man was giving this lecture about what not, and again, lecture is the wrong word. It just, I felt like I had to think of it that way so I could actually be comfortable. And so this old dude was just, hey guys, how are you doing? You know, you've never you know, been here before. Let me just take you around and show you the rooms. And this is where we do fire play. And this is where you can do needle play. And this is where we whip people. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was just lovely. No one thought it was weird. And I had to literally jump into the fire of my true, my like worst nightmare of discomfort. I had to jump into it in order to like break down some of the barriers to normal human existence. And so thank God for BDSM and kink parties, because even Mm -hmm. though I never went actually insane at all this stuff, I definitely was able to go from a crouch turned inside out of a human being. (laughs) And I was actually able to stand up and with, with just like, okay, there are naked people there. It's not bad. And I never thought it was bad. Like I never thought sex was bad. It was just, I was just so fucking uncomfortable. I couldn't get over the discomfort. And it was only being around that extreme of behavior, according to society, whatever, that extreme, was I like, oh my God, this is cool. You can do insane shit in a safe way. And it's okay, man. Nothing is good or bad. And we can all be freaks together. And honestly, by the end, I haven't been to a party in a long time. So it's, it's been a while, but I remember one of the last parties I went to, I was like, why the fuck are we not all at these parties? Why does the world not look like this every day? (laughs) So I went from being turned inside out to being like, everybody get naked. (laughs) 
<laughs> I still have my moments of like, ooh, ooh, like I'll have a contraction every once in a while when I do see sex scenes or whatever. And then I can remember, I'm like, wait, that was, you don't need to feel that way anymore. And I'm not saying that everyone has to jump into the fire. If you're not ready for BDSM shit, that is okay. We're all different, but it helped me get over a lot of shit so that I can now embody my higher self, which was the goal all along when I transcended time and space to inhabit this meat suit. Okay. I need to stop talking because that's no, well, I mean, you just see so much alchemy happen there. I, from my perspective, I find past life stuff helpful. So I, I look at things in terms of past life. So I'm like, you know, those people that go and then they're put in the rubber suit completely Mm -hmm. with barely any airways and stuff I'm like oh that is past life transmuting (laughs) suffocation you know it's yeah it's very interesting of finding the pleasure in something something extremely unbearable yeah and that was a big thing I was like I couldn't believe it was lovely to have my eyes opened to someone who was really into humiliation I was like why the fuck would you do that and I had such judgments about it and I still I'm not into it, but I don't have that same contraction around, oh my God, that person, I feel sorry for that person or whatever. I I was like, good for you for having a place where you can actually indulge in this and feel good about yourself and able to go about your normal everyday life. That's already hard enough to get through because none of us like this society that we've set up for ourselves, you know, and that's why we're changing it. But whatever you have to do to get yourself through this stuff or transmute your own demons and shadows and all this this is a beautiful, safe place. And there was, it was not always, there were plenty of problems like abuse happened there. You know, it was not a perfect utopia of BDSM garden of Eden shit, but at its best, it was this really beautiful community of don't yuck my yum. And I won't yuck your yuck. You know, that was just, that was just the way it was. And I, it helped me get to where I am now, where I can see non-sex related shit like cannibalism or whatever the fuck you want to talk about nothing is good or bad. You just have to see that perspective and know that it's a perspective. And if it's not for you, fucking great, man, but you don't have to put judgments on it for someone else. Cheers. I'm going to have some more mezcal. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You and I were also talking because we both have these, there's, well, there's two things. There's like, there's a self-consciousness embarrassment thing that can come up for me discomfort but also a very physical like sensory thing that makes it impossible for me to watch like and it hasn't been at this level of intensity my whole life but like I can't watch kissings now Mm. it's like a lot of things with like bodily noises it's like ah yeah I want to rip my skin off and yes like beat myself to a bloody pulp (laughs) (laughs) so I avoid it but we were talking about how in the context of because you have a thing with insects and I have a thing with spiders and like and this this thing of the hive the insect energy is like bringing us back into collectivity and everything we're doing when you go on your awakening path is like you're coming back more and more into unity collectivity and how we again the blockage superpower thing it's like we have these big programs that we put into ourselves or or like traumas whatever both that prevent us from feeling comfortable in that space of like extreme merging splooshing of energies and merging (laughs) intimacy collectivity like the one and the other become united so it was interesting to just think about it from that 
respect to that whole aspect of having blocks around intimacy and around merging. Yeah. And the whole insect thing is now that I'm exploring it more and trying to become more comfortable with it, I've noticed I just get more comfortable with myself and the idea of being with a person who can know me that intimately because I have never been comfortable with that idea. Oh man, I pretended like I was. I'm not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but now I can actually intimacy is definitely connected and it's fascinating. And it was cool that it was part of the healing session that you did for me because the insects came in and I was like, oh, wow, I'm, they're respecting my boundaries, but they're here oh, to support me. Oh yeah, they me. were so respecting your boundaries. They're yeah. being so careful. Oh, and I love lovely them. to see. <laughs> and I even like earlier this week, I allowed, oh, I allowed a hornet to land on me while I was Whoa. outside. And I was like, okay, you can, wow. and my, my legs started shaking. Cause like, I was like, <laughs> uh, and I was like, okay, they're going to sense fear. And they're going to think that I'm trying to hit them. And I'm not. So I was like, okay, that was good. Can, uh, can you go now before you see me? Uh, it flew off and didn't come back. It was literally there to land on me. And then when I wasn't comfortable anymore, it was like, okay, I'll go now. At least that's how Aww. it felt. And it was Okay. That's huge. That's so What's, lovely. I'm kind of glad we're still, we're back in like kind of cold weather because now they're not really around anymore when I go inside, but, but I am at least stepping into exploring that intimacy of being a part of the insect world as, as a family member, instead of like a go back to hell where you belong. No, I'm literally <laughs> your family. I see that now. <laughs> oh, Anyway. I'm still, I'm a lot better than I was with spiders, but that's a spider actually physically, I've done so many visualizations where they crawl all over me and I feel them and I crawl into my mouth and stuff, but like physically yeah. in reality. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. I want to go die now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really was only able to handle a couple of seconds before involuntarily shaking of like, feel like uh, <laughs> you gotta go now. Kudos. Very good. <laughs> Very much. Anyway, who boy, what a, what a fun journey this is. I'm telling you, I'm one, once I started finding the fun in all of this, even the hard stuff is kind of fun. Not, not that I enjoy the struggle, but like, I see, I know that I can get through the struggle faster and with more ease And that I feel so good afterwards and not in an abusive way of like, okay, I, I took this suffering and, or not in a martyr way or any of that. It's just like, I, wow, I did a good job and that was fucking hard. And I enjoy how good of a job I did and how that I'm now on the other side of it, how good it feels to just be back in full joy without you know, the suffering. And I think it's just going to keep building on itself. The more we let ourselves move through those moments, instead of just contracting around them, I still contract, but not as often. And I, I fucking feel like I'm finding joy in places I never would have found joy in even a couple of years ago. So oof, what a, it's awesome. We did not get around to dark side night of the soul, but yeah, we will, we will get there. I mean, the overall, we were just like talking about energy shit and animalism and BDSM. I love us. Is there anything else that kind of came up this week? Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. Uh, I feel very peppy now as compared to the rest of this week. uh, Me too. God damn. I was like, there's so much to cover. I know. Okay. So basically we can just wrap up this episode unless you have anything else to 
Wow. Yeah. We just, we kind of, kind of went off. This is like a perfect episode of Space Cats Happy Hour because we had a plan. We did not (laughs) stick to that plan, but in the best way. And then we also brought in some random ass shit that (laughs) uh, nobody was really expecting. (laughs) (laughs) So you're welcome. (laughs) And yeah, just hang in there, guys. I don't know. It's really rough out there, but you are loved and supported and you are safe and you are not alone. And if you have questions, our, I'll put the email address in the show notes and all of our contact information on booking sessions with us and connecting with us on Instagram. All the shit will be in the show notes. And please do reach out to us. We are here as part of your community. So don't feel like any question is too stupid or whatever you're we're not judging you. You are the only person judging you. So don't do that. And just contact us because we love you. <laughs> In conclusion, yeah. try less yeah. and uh, cannibalism is cool. <laughs> and um, ignore linear time and the money is coming. Man, that could not have been a better ending. That was perfect. 